like to thank the praise team for their selection, and I am truly asking the Lord to release his power at this time. We just thank God for what has transpired in his service today. It has truly been wonderful thus far, and we just ask God to continue to bless through this service. To our worship leader, Sister Paula Marriott, who said she was nervous, but she came out jumping all over the place, and I said, she's not nervous. She truly led us in worship. I thank God for her, too the pastor, Reverend Dr. Hugh Marriott, to Mrs. Alicia Marriott, my soul, and a wonderful woman of God, to other clergy, to immediate past first digital president, Sister Mary Muto, who I'm always honored to be in her presence. Thank you so much for being here. To New York Conference President in our absence, she called me this morning when I was on my way here and said that she was praying for me, but she was still away. So I thank God for her reaching out to me this morning. To First Vice President, Sister Lois Thompson, it's always great to see you. That's my little mama, I just love Sister Lois. To New York Conference officers and members that are here, to local lay president, Sister Norma Brown, to officers and members of Allen Temple, and to all assembled, I truly greet you in the name of our risen Savior, Jesus Christ. I uh, thank Sister Norma for inviting me today, but I thank Reverend Marriott for allowing me the opportunity to stand behind this sacred desk. I never take it lightly, and I am humbled. I also like to thank Sister Norma for that warm introduction. And last but not least, I thank my mom and my husband for being here with me. They are always so very supportive and are my roadies. So I do thank my roadies for being here with me today. <laughs> Let us pray. Father, I thank you for being God all by yourself. I thank you, Father, for the opportunity to bring this message you have given me to your people today. I pray that you would decrease me and increase you, that your people will be blessed and that you will be glorified. I pray for a fresh anointing from the Holy Spirit and let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Amen. Our connectional lay theme is laity, walking humbly with God to do justice and to love kindness. The scripture to support that theme was read for your hearing this morning, coming from Micah 6, chapter, verse 8. I also draw your attention to an alternate scripture coming from 1 John 4th chapter, verses 7 through 12. Again, 1 John, the fourth chapter, verses 7 through 12, and it reads, Dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us, we ought also to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, 
God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. This is the word of the Lord. For the time I am with you today, I would like to use as a subject, do you love me? Love means so many things to so many different people. When we are born, the love that our parents feel for us is undeniable. There is an instant love for that newborn baby, like none other. We felt the same way when those of us who are parents had our children. When we were adolescents, we find that we may have a special liking for a teacher or some adult in authority. We feel we love them because they help us achieve things we haven't done before. For example, maybe be a better student, a better athlete, help us to read, or any number of things. When we become teenagers and feel we are falling in love for the first time, everyone tells us it will soon be over because it's only puppy love. What you can't tell us is not the real thing. Then when we get older and feel we have found the love of our life and know that that's the person we want to spend the rest of our lives with, we feel we have hit the jackpot and that love will last forever. Unfortunately, that is not always the case. However, there is a love that does last forever. It's the love that comes from God. God loves us with an everlasting love. When we find Christ and accept him as Lord and Savior, then we really do find true love. Excuse me. God loves us so much that he sent his only son to die on the cross for our sins so that we can have a right to eternal life. Now that's love. He loves us. And he wants to know, do you love me? Mm -hmm. Our lay theme informs us to do justice and to love kindness. Now the first part of that theme says, laity walking with God, then goes on to say to do justice and to love kindness. So if we are going to do justice and to love kindness, we must first be walking with God. If we are not walking with God, we can forget doing justice, which requires us to be fair to everyone. What example of fairness will we follow if not God's? We surely don't want to follow the world's example of fairness. Then we ought to love kindness. It's so sad that it's sometimes so hard to find anyone to love kindness and even more show to show kindness right here, even in the church. The church should be a haven of love, of justice, and of kindness. God is more than just to us. We have to thank him that he doesn't repay us according to what we really deserve. He's such a merciful God. We know God loves us, And he wants to know, do you love me? We know we ought to love God with our heart, our soul, and our mind, and to love our neighbor as ourselves. 
We can't love God and not our neighbor. Yes, the neighbor that lives right next door to you, but also the neighbor on your job, in the grocery store, in your churches and organizations, and even in your homes. Mm -hmm. So as you can see, your neighbor is anyone just waiting to be loved. We just got to love them, not just when we are happy with their behavior, but through the good and the bad, when they like you and when they don't, when they talk about you, when they ignore you, even when they use you, we still got to love them. So once you can get to the point that you can love your neighbor as you love yourself, God wants to know, do you love me? Jesus used an illustration of a vine to explain that believers are expected to produce fruit. Yes. Like branches growing from a vine, we have to stay connected to Jesus so that his life flows through us. We can only receive the nourishment that we need to grow and be fruitful by making sure we stay in a close personal relationship with the true vine. Yes. A fruitful life would demonstrate Christ-like characters and traits such as joy, peace, kindness, humility, and self-control. We'll also have an effective prayer life and actively share the good news with others. Sometimes God may need to do a little pruning with us, and it may be painful when yes. he cuts us back, but God doesn't want occasional fruit. He wants to see a bumper crop year after year. The world tells us, the word tells us that we should give glory to God our Father. We do give glory to God our Father when we produce a lot of fruit and therefore show that we are his disciples. Mm -hmm. Showing we are his disciples shows we are loving God and loving one another. So he wants to know, do you love me? Sometimes what we do more than what we say will answer that question. We're often not conscious of the statements we make, but they are more numerous than we think, those spoken and unspoken. We, we may not be aware of them because some of them are not verbal. Mm -hmm. They are revelations of the heart, spoken by our choices. As is often said, actions speak louder than words. Consider what we are saying when we have little or no money for God's ministry, but enough money to pay for everything else we want. Expensive cell phones, cable bills, electronic gadgets, cars, vacations, live entertainment, and all the rest. What do our choices say about God? Do you love me? These actions show more than we think. They say more about our values than our love for God. They reveal what's in our hearts. Now, God is no enemy of cell phones or cable or electronic gadgets or cars or any of the others, but is an enemy of our idols. And our choices can reveal that sometimes 
we may be making these things our idols. We have no problem delaying God's gratification, but not our own. So he wants to know, do you love me? If we love God with all of our being, if we treasure his kingdom above all else, he should see more of our treasures for his use. Our service and payments to God should not come back marked insufficient funds. God wants us, our actions, and our choices to honor him. That will show our love for him. Loving God and loving one another takes a whole lot of faith. The testing of our faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its works so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If you look inward, you will be discouraged. If you look around, you will be distracted. But if you look to God, you will have that peace that passes all understanding. When the world around us is unloving and kind, we can rely on God's unchanging love as our source of hope and peace. You can have that peace because God loves you and is crazy about you. How do you know God loves you? It's because he cares so much for you. Look at the birds of the air. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, but our Heavenly Father feeds them. If God is able to place the stars in their sockets yes. and suspend the sky like a curtain, don't you think it's possible that he loves us enough to light our path? He cares enough about the planet Saturn to give it rings right. or Venus to make it sparkle. Yeah. Isn't there a chance that he cares about you and is able to meet your needs? He loves you so much mm -hmm. and wants to know, do you love me? Yes. We should know how much God loves us. The love of God is evident all around us. The love of God can set captives free. The love of God can heal broken relationships. The love of God can cure alcoholism and drug addiction. The love of God can fix broken marriages. Mm -hmm. The love of God can heal gambling addiction. Mm -hmm. The love of God can lift people out of depression. The love of God can repair a broken heart and so much more. We know he loves us, but does he keep having to question whether or not we love him? Paul was grieved because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? Are we grieved when he wants to know if we love him? If you love me, then feed my sheep. There may, be some, there may be some extraordinary and peculiar sheep, though. Some are unkept and dirty. Some are awkward and pushy. Some have gone astray. But if we love God, we have to feed his sheep. How do we show we love him and feed his sheep? By doing as we are called to do 
and sharing the good news to a dying world. You may need to go into some unknown territory and start that ministry that God has been nudging you to start. Go and work in homeless shelter because God has a, has a soft, you have a soft spot for those less fortunate and you know that you've always had a roof over your head. Go and prepare meals for the homeless and sick and shut-in because you know you are graced with those skills and you have no one to cook for but yourself. Go and sing on the choir because you love to sing and you are always singing from the pew. Be a knower and build the ark, which in your case may be building a home for those that's fortunate working for Habitat for Humanity because you know you have those skills and are sitting around not using them. Go and use your car to take the elderly or the sick person to a doctor's appointment or to do their grocery shopping because you have that big car just for you and it's not getting much use. Go to a school and read to children or to a hospital to an intensive care unit and rub a baby's back or hold them because they are withdrawing from drugs. There are no limits to what we can do to show that we are God's children and we are ready to feed his sheep. Yes. We are to uphold the gospel of Jesus Christ no matter what ministry we are serving in or whether the, whatever office we hold or whether we hold an office or not. We just have to be ready to do God's work. Church should be about kingdom building and winning souls for Christ. How, however, too often we get distracted about things that don't really matter. And most of the time, it amounts to pure foolishness. We treat church as a competition. There are lots of gifts in God's house and plenty of work for all of us to do. So there is no need to compete. Do what you do because you love God and God is calling you to do that work. If someone didn't do what you thought they were supposed to do and the Lord brought it to your attention, maybe he wants you to do it. <laughs> Uplift gifts in other people without being jealous or envious. Keep away from foolish people and talk. When we go outside these walls and others hear us being negative about our church and their people in it, how are we going to bring them into the body of Christ? People won't want to be a part of that church. They can get that stuff in the world. So why come into church to be treated the same way? God loves you simply because he has chosen to do so. He loves you when you don't feel lovely. He loves you when no one else loves you. Others may abandon you, divorce you, and ignore you, but God will love you always, no matter what. Now that's true love. We've all had our share of human love and sometimes we want to say, enough already. Enough of guys wronging us. Enough of tabloids telling us that true love is just the next diet away. Enough mornings remembering the mistakes we made the night before searching for love. We need a fountain of love that won't run dry. 
When that happens, meditate long and hard on heaven's love for you. What we lack in perfection, God makes up for it in his love for us. Now, God knows we are not perfect, but when he looks at us, he sees a dearly loved child cleansed of all sin through Christ's death. God also sees the Christ-like person we can grow to be with the Holy Spirit's help. How great is his love? It's the greatest love there is. How different our lives would be if we could glimpse ourselves through the Father's eyes and see just how much he really does love us. We would then see the truth about us really is a beautiful thing because there is no greater love. God has shown how great his love is for us. Now we need to show how great our love is for him and be ready to give an account for the hope that lies within us when he asked us, do you love me? Thank you. God bless you.